Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, all over the world. Good morning. It is Monday here you. on Church Boy uh, Confessions. Uh. He will direct your path. So what's there to fear again? What's up, everybody? Good morning. Thank you so much for... Well, I have to start with ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry. I have to do it all over again. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, all over the world. Good morning. It is Monday here you. on Church Boy uh, Confessions. Uh. He will direct your path. So what's there to fear again? Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in once again to the Church World Confessions podcast. I'm your host, Emmanuel Hecke. There we go. I have to I have to say that every episode. I can't I can't mess that up, okay? Episode 93, 93 weeks. Um, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. Thank you so much for tuning in once again. Um, and we're gonna get straight into the word, ladies and gentlemen. I have some good news actually before I start. Um, I told you guys been giving me clarity. Um, I'm happy to announce that I got into the first um, seminary school that I applied to. So I'm thankful for that. Um, haven't made my decision. I'm still waiting on other schools, but that was just a great news to like to get this past week. So I'm thankful for that. All glory be to God. So your boys, you know, your boy, your boy figuring out this life stuff right now. I'm telling you, man, you know what I'm saying? Maybe my my period of mundane is coming to an end. But nevertheless, um, we have a we have a message God gave us a message this week, ladies and gentlemen, like every week. Um, and, you know, today it definitely has to do with the boldness that I see um, of people who mock God. We, we made a I, we made a Instagram post this past week. Um, I say we because we have a new um, social media person. Shout out to Wam. Um, but yeah, no, we, we made a post this week where it was um, talking about like it was, it was a it was a tweet where somebody was talking about how like you know we live in a world where like unbelievers are so bold to mock god but like where are us christians where are us christians to get up and 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 confess the gospel and confess jesus christ i think that this is a big deal ladies and gentlemen um because i mean it's, it's gonna go into this to this uh message people are bold to mock God. People are bold to question God. And it's not bad to ask God questions, but the things that they're even asking are things that the Bible can answer. And even if it's not something that the Bible can answer, they don't ever want to actually take the time to get to know God and actually read the scripture and, and you know and know more. No, they just want to take, I've heard this from here, I've heard this from here. I don't know if it's true or not, but I'm going to say these things and I'm going to judge God based on the information that was given to me rather than actually going to to look up the stuff themselves. I can go on and on about this, but I wanted to open up this episode by please, I, I'm I'm begging you as a child of God, we need to be the ones to be spreading the gospel around the world. And I, I think I said this before, because if we don't spread it, if we don't spread the word of God, the unbelievers will. And they're spreading things about our faith. They're spreading things about our belief. And those things are deceptive to people who may be wanting to get to know God, maybe wanting to know who Jesus Christ is. But because we're silent and they're loud and they're bold, more people are not knowing who Jesus Christ is, nor people are not knowing who God is. So, Please, 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 when you have the opportunity or even if it's, it's, it's one time where it's like God put it on your heart to just reach out to somebody and share with them the gospel. Listen to that. Listen to that. Jesus said that the gospel needs to be preached around the entire world before he comes back. Is there a place in your life? Is there a friend in your life who has not heard the gospel? And how do you know? So speak to them. Share with them the gospel and at least have that peace of mind, even if they never want to talk about it again. At least have that peace of mind that I let this per- I let this person know the truth. 
But let's get into the actual topic, okay? I wanted to talk, you know, the boldness that people have to mock God um, leads them to have these certain, you know, I'd be on TikTok a lot. So I'd be seeing these TikToks and like there was this guy that asked a question. He's a Christian and I think he's an apologist or whatever. I'm not sure. But he asked the question like if God, if everything about Christianity was true, 100 percent true, like proven to be true by like, you know, to, to the atheists and stuff like that, because we believe I mean, it is true. Um, but like, you know, if it was all proven to be true empirically with with data, with science, all that different stuff, would you believe? And somebody had the audacity <laughs> to say no. <laughs> and the reason why she said no is because this idea that people have about, you know, what what this entire thing is she said no because i wouldn't serve a god who is putting a gun to my head and telling me to worship him or go to hell or be punished that's a narcissistic god that's a, that's a um that's a god that's full of himself and i was just appalled she didn't get that much like so i didn't really like feel the need to like respond or anything like that but <laughs> but still like it, it that i was more shocked than anything i was like wow there are people that think like this. There's a lot of people that think like this. And of course, you know, people are always going to come up with some type of new excuse as to why they don't get to know God. Um, they act like they know what they're talking about and all that different stuff. But I really wanted to address this in this episode, this idea that God has put a gun to your head. Obey me or I'll send you to hell. Love me or I'll send you to hell. Worship me or I'll send you to hell. This is what people think our God is. Of course, it's because they don't know who God is, but I wanted to break it down. All right. Worship me or send me to hell. That's what they think. Let me first start off by saying this. God does not need our praise. God does not need our worship. I, I need everybody to grasp this. I need everybody to understand this. God has existed forever. Before he even created you, let me tell you that even Revelation, it tells us about the cherubims and the seraphims that surround God 24 7. Well, not 24 7 because it's eternity, but surround God at all times saying, Holy, 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 holy. He doesn't need your praise. When Jesus was entering this, his, triumphal, his triumphant entry, they were laying palms on the floor and his disciples were praising him and saying, this is the Messiah. This is him. He's come. He's come. And the Pharisees were saying, Jesus, hey, stop, stop these people from worshiping you like a God. Tell them to tell them to be quiet. And Jesus said, even if they stopped, then the stones would get up. The rocks would get up and praise. So let me tell you something. He doesn't need your praise. This is not like, you know, I, I've been watching those Greek mythology movies where it's like the gods are as strong as the people that praise them. That's not that's not the I am that I'm that's not I am. I am is not Zeus. I am is not Hades. I am is not Poseidon. This is not Greek mythology. This is I am. I am doesn't need your praise. I am wants a relationship with you. I am is concerned with you because I am loves you. I am wants a relationship with you. He doesn't need you. He doesn't need your praise. But then you might say, okay, well, the gun is still pointed to my head, but now it's just a different, it's a different thing that he's saying. Have a relationship with me and love me or get sent to hell. That's, that's what you think now, right? Okay, God doesn't need my praise. I'll give that to you, Emmanuel. But still, the gun is to my head where he's forcing me to have a relationship with him or go to hell or he's going to punish me. Why is why is that the case? Well, I think the more appropriate question to, to ask you is what 
does it mean to ask all of us, what exactly does it mean to reject God? What exactly does it mean to reject a relationship with God? And I talked about this. I had put an IGTV up because it really just hit my heart. What does it mean to reject God? And the reason why I rephrase that question is because now it, it gives it, it really looks at us and it highlights our accountability when it comes to this stuff. Because we want to just think that we, we don't have a choice. God is the one that's punishing people if they don't agree, whatever. But I, I want because people don't understand what it means to reject a relationship with God. Because, look, if God is who he is, who he says he is. Then guess what that means? That means that God is good. That means that God is righteousness. That means that God is justice. That means that God is glory. He is glorious. That means that God is honor. He's honorable. That means that God is love. So people don't understand that when you're rejecting God, you're rejecting all these different things. But side note, of course, there's going to be those people where I don't agree. I don't agree that God is good. The reason why I don't agree that God is good is because of all the evil. I don't agree that God is good because I read the Old Testament and look at all the civilizations that he destroyed. He killed children. He killed people. He killed he 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 killed people with fire. He killed children. I mean, even though you voted for abortion, he, he killed children, right? Oh, I went there. I went there. We sound like Job. When Job was asking God, why have you allowed this? What's going on? Yada, yada, yada. And, 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 God, and God spoke to Job. God said something to Job. And I think that is really relating to a lot of the things that we go through, that we, that we, um, how we feel sometimes. Where we're questioning God um, and, and, and pretty much condemning God. Almost, it's, it's, we, we step away from questioning God, but even to have some type of condemning undertone. And God responded to Job in Job chapter 40. So I never six, it says, then answered the Lord unto Job out of the whirlwind and said, gird up thy loins now like a man. I demand of thee and declare thou unto me. He says, wilt thou also disannul my judgment? And this is the part he says, wilt thou condemn me that thou mayest be righteous? Wilt thou condemn me that thou mayest be righteous? Are we trying to condemn God? Are we trying to judge God this generation? So then we can be righteous, so we can be justified. Quit the virtue signaling, Becky. All right. Okay, you're good because you're mad that because you want to call out God for this or call out God for that. It's funny to me. It's actually funny to me because we think that we're righteousness. We're righteous enough to judge God. We think that we know everything enough to judge God. Isn't that funny? Because it's funny how we live in a society. I'm going to go there. It's funny how we live in a society where we can come up with justification to kill babies in the stomach, but we think that there's no way in all of God's wisdom and all of God's knowledge that there can be any justification, any justification for God having enacted justice on civilizations of God ending people's lives on purpose. We think there's no justification that God is just bad because of that. You don't know, Jack. You act like you do. You are not righteous enough, nor neither do you know enough to tell me that God is bad. You don't even know who he is. You don't. Because my God is good. And good is my God. I know him. That's why I can say that. 
and you get to know God to the point where you even see in your own life, wow, I thought this thing was bad, but it was bad, but then God turned it into good. Or some things that I thought were bad in the moment, but I didn't know that God, that God could turn it into good. I've seen these things happen in my own life. So I've grown to know God so much that I can trust him to know that if something he allowed to happen, happened, it doesn't mean that it happened in vain. And it doesn't mean that he hates anybody. James chapter 1 verse 17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. You see, people don't understand that every good gift, every good thing, every perfect gift has come from the Father. Every single thing. You cannot have good without God. But then people are going to say, oh, slow your road, Emmanuel, because I'm atheist or because I'm not a Christian. I still know what good is and I have still had a good life. So you are wrong. I still have experienced good without God. But you don't understand. You see, because whether you're atheist, whether you're not, whether you're a believer or whether you're not, you are still benefiting from the grace of God every single day. And how do I know that? Because Romans chapter five, just uh, five, verse eight tells me. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That God so loved the world. Even, this is before Jesus died. God so loved the world. And he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever shall believe in him shall have everlasting life. I know that God loves us even when we're unbelievers. Because look, he did it while we were unbelievers. While we were his enemies, he sent Jesus Christ. And every day that you wake up is another grace period for you to accept Jesus Christ into your life. Every single day. Every single good gift, and I'm not saying everything that pleases your flesh, but every single actual objective inherent good gift comes from the Father. Whether you're a non-believer or you're a believer, even in your multitudes of sins, God has loved you. God has loved mankind. You benefit from God's grace, even if, even if you're not a believer. People don't understand. Rejecting God is rejecting good. But then when you put it that way, it's like, whoa, nobody wants to reject good. Why are you equating God to good? Nobody wants to do that. Of course, nobody wants to do that. But if you don't want to reject good, but you're rejecting God, what that tells me is that you just simply do not know who God is. So you need to know who God is. Do you ever take the time to know who God is? Do you ever take the time to read your word? Even even us believers, do you ever take the time to read your word so you can know who God is? Know more about who God is. I tell you, when you know who God is, your life changes. I tell you, when you know who God is, the way you approach every struggle in your life, it changes. I tell you. It's sometimes, there's a reason why Isaiah 41 is my favorite chapter because it truly, it's, it's really God, 40 and 41, it's truly God speaking to the power that he has. When you know who God is, your life changes. The things that made you scared before are not, not making you scared anymore. The things that made you worry before is not making you worry anymore because you serve the almighty God, Jehovah, Elohim. I am that I am, the ancient of days, the author and finisher of our lives, the beginning and the end. Do you, oh my gosh, do you understand? <laughs> Some of us, we don't know who God is and we think that we can have a good life without God. We think that we can have a good ending. Let me say that. We think that we can have a good ending without God. But you reject God. You reject God. You reject good because everything good, every perfect gift, every good gift comes from God. 
But you think that, oh, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to get away from this relationship with God. And, and it's his fault if I end up being an evil. But you're rejecting good. And now you're mad that you're deprived from good. Does that make any sense? It does not make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Some of you are like, yay, you talking all that talking, but hey, at the end of the day, he's still sending people to hell. How can a loving God send people to hell? What is that about? If hell is all that we think it is, a place of torments, of everlasting torments and so on. If hell is what it thinks it is, how can I ever serve a God? How can I ever get to a point where I'm serving a God where he is sending people to this place? But let me tell you something. John chapter 3 verse 18. Oh, yeah, we got the scriptures today. John chapter 3 verse 18 says, he who believes in him is not condemned. Um, um, This is uh, talking about Jesus Christ. He who believes in him, Jesus Christ, is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of of the one of the only begotten son. That's Jesus talking about himself. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. What does that mean? But he who does not believe is condemned already. What does that mean? It means that you are condemned by default right now. Before Jesus Christ died and resurrected for your sins, we were condemned by default of course god had made other ways for us to have a relationship with him or or more so for us to to um to you know pay for our sins with sacrifices and following the commandments and following the law and whatnot but after jesus christ but there are people who didn't do that so we had this sinful nature and with this sinful nature we were condemned and the only way to reverse that condemnation and be redeemed is through jesus christ we were condemned already. That was the default. If you did nothing, if you never gave your life to Christ and you died today, you are already condemned. That's what the scripture just said that we just read. And the only way to redeem yourself is with Jesus Christ. And this is the gospel, ladies and gentlemen. This is the gospel. It's not that God wants to condemn you, wants to send you to hell. In fact, it's his will that no man perish. But we are condemned already. It is the default. You might ask yourself, well, well who created this default then? The fall of Adam. You've heard the story before, I hope. I mean, sometimes you think people hear the story, but then they actually don't know what they're talking about, of course. The fall of Adam. When Adam disobeyed, he brought onto all of us a sinful nature. And now we, we live as slaves of sin. And now we, 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 in fact, sin. And it's our nature. The reason you have a sinful nature is because of this. And let me tell you something. Sin can inherit the kingdom of God. God cannot allow unchecked sin to enter into his kingdom. Why? Because he's a just God. You believe that justice is good, right? You believe that justice is good, right? All this fighting for justice that we've been doing, I know you believe that, that justice is good. Yeah, justice is good. And God is good. That means God is a just God. So he can't allow evil inside you know, unchecked evil to to be uh, to inherit the kingdom of God. He can't do that. He's a just God. The only way for us to be redeemed and enter into the kingdom of heaven is if our sins are paid for, which He paid for it already. 
when he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die for us, to pay off our sins. But you're mad right now. You're mad right now because you said, well, it's not my fault that I have a sinful nature. Why is it my fault? Because of something I didn't do. Hmm? Well, let me answer your question with another question. Why are you saved because of something that you didn't do? Why do you have a path to salvation because of something that you didn't do? Hmm? Need I remind you? Let's actually read Romans chapter 5, starting at verse 12. It says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, talking about Adam, and death through, through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. For until the law was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam. I'm going to say that again. Even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. But the free gift, talking about the free gift of grace, is not like the offense. For if by the one man's offense many died, by Adam's offense many died because we adopted his sinful nature, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. Listen, and the gift is not that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgments, for the judgments which came from one offense resulted in condemnation, but the free gift talking about the free gift of grace, which came from many offenses, resulted in justification. 17. For if by, for if by one man's offense, death reigned over the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Verse 18. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Look it. Through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. May God bless the hearing and the reading and understanding of his word. In Jesus' name, amen. Through one man, the word of God is saying, through one man, Adam, we were placed on the path of damnation. We were placed on the path of condemnation because we adopted the sinful nature. And all of us, we sin. All men have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But what the word of God tells us, what the gospel shares with us is that through one man, another man, we were redeemed. And all you have to do is believe. Hmm. Through one man, we were put on this path to condemnation. And through one man, through one man, we can all be saved. You see, no, this isn't about God putting a gun to your head and telling you to worship me or die. This is about God having trusted man to fly the plane. Adam, to be our pilot. Adam messed up, but now the plane is going down. And God is the person that's passing out these parachutes to everybody on that plane. Or as I like to call them, Jesus shoots. But some of us are denying the Jesus shoot because we don't understand the entire. We got the wrong perspective about the entire thing. No, get that image out your head that God has a gun to your head. Get that image out your head that God is a God who's resentful that you didn't choose him. So now he wants to punish you. No, God is the person 
that wants more than anything in the in, in the universe for you to make the right choice. For you to make the right choice. Eternal suffering is not a place that God created with the purpose of hurting people who didn't choose him. That's not right. That's not true. It's a place that God prepared for the devil and his angels. It is. Matthew chapter 25 is 14. Jesus is saying, um, Jesus is talking about um, judgment day. He said, then he, which um, starting at verse 41. Um, then he, talking about God, will also say to those on the left, talking about these people who never accept Jesus Christ into their life, never had a relationship with God. God's going to say to them, depart from me. You curse. They're cursed because we're already on the path to condemnation. You curse. You never accepted Jesus Christ into the everlasting fire. Look it. Prepared, excuse me, it prepared for the devil and his angels. Get this idea of a resentful God that wants to punish everybody who doesn't worship. Get that idea out of your head. That idea was not planted by God. It didn't come from your own logic. It came from the devil. He plants that inside of you. Why? Because the devil and his angels want company in the place that were prepared for them. They want company in everlasting suffering. So he's trying to get you to think that God is putting a gun to your head and saying, worship me or go to hell. and I'm punishing you when in actuality you are already condemned and God is the one trying to save you from condemnation. He's the one trying to save you. He already has given you the path to salvation. But so many of us are still. Imagine that. Rejecting it. And coming up with different reasons every Tuesday. To reject it. We think we're wise. We think we're smart. We think we're rejecting it. Man. God is not telling you to worship him or be punished. God is telling you to accept this free gift. So you don't end up in the place that I created for the devil and his angels. Because he has prepared a different place for you. Did you know that? He prepared a place for you. And he's preparing this place for you. John chapter 14, verse 1 to 3, Jesus is saying, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. May God bless the hearing and the reading and standing of his word in Jesus' name. God has a place prepared for you. And he wants to make sure that you get to that place that he prepared for you. And not end up in the place that he prepared for devil and his angels. This is not about having a gun to your head. This is a plea. This is a deal. Hey, believe in my son. So I can wash away so you can detach yourself from sin because sin cannot come into my kingdom. That will be unjust. That would be unjust. Jesus Christ paid the price. And if you want to finally, finally accept Jesus Christ into your life. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I am a sinner. And I, and I repent from my sin. I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. I believe that you that he died for my sins. 
I believe that you raised him from the dead. I, I, I present my life as a living sacrifice to you. I surrender my life to you. Come into my heart and make me a new creation. And I will live the rest of my life with intention for you. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Father God, I pray for everyone that is listening, oh God. Whether they made the decision to, to, to follow you through Christ or, or, to, or they already are, Father God, or, or whatever, or they didn't make the decision, Father God, I pray, Lord, that you quicken their spirits to live for you and present their lives as living sacrifices to you, oh God, for, for any type of deceptive spirit in them to be cast out in the mighty name of Jesus, for every type of, type of um, deception, every type of lies, Father God, from the enemy, oh God, every type of incorrect depiction of you on their head, I rebuke it right now in the mighty name of jesus oh god help them to know who you are oh god help them to know who you are father know that you are good to know what it means to be in a relationship with you know what it means to be out of a relationship with you oh god to understand that you are good father let your name be glorified in each and every one of our lives and thank you for this message father in jesus mighty name i pray amen <sighs> ladies and gentlemen thank you thank you thank you thank you i gotta cool off <laughs> I gotta pull off. I love you guys. You guys have an amazing week. Peace.